Wheeling Aviation Podcast is presented as entertainment, not flight instruction. Though some participants are certified flight instructors, their comments, opinions, and discussions of flying techniques are theirs alone. None of the co-hosts or guests on this podcast are acting as your flight instructor. Please consult your own CFI for guidance on your specific flight training, aeronautical knowledge, and aircraft operation. This is the Stuck Mike Avcast, an aviation podcast about learning to fly, living to fly, and loving to fly. Episode 271, Sun and Fun 2021. Hey folks, Carl Valeri, I'm here at the campus of Sun and Fun Radio, and uh, it has been an awesome show today. We're going to have some interviews that we've pulled from the live show uh, that we've done throughout the day, some amazing people, inspirational. Of course, we always do the Women Shine, the Women in Aviation. We also do lunch with AOPA, just uh, interviewed the president of AOPA, Mark Baker, along with Tom Haynes, and just some really, really nice folks uh, and people that are inspiring our aviators and also helping people move forward in their flight life. I'm excited too because of the fact that there's been so much going on here because there's so many people entering. Lots of airplanes out there on the on the uh, campus. I'm here with Bill English and also Russ Wozleski and uh, guys I know you're tired but uh, Russ you've been enjoying the show? Yeah it's been great. I can't believe the weather is fantastic for three days in a row now. I mean if, if you're not here you should be here. If it's cold where you are you should be here. Yeah, most definitely. It's Florida. It's wonderful weather. It's always good weather in Florida, isn't it? But uh, Bill, how about you? You've you've actually been banging out some interviews today. Yep, making the making the rounds under the the bright sun and the blue sky out here. A uh, lot of things we uh, you know you mentioned all the airplanes here, the airplanes that fly in and the air show. But you know, Sun and Fun is more than just uh, airplanes and an air show. Um, it's also an educational event. So you're going to hear a couple of interviews uh, of some of the educational events we have here and the workshops and the forums. And I got out down uh, down the line to the Warbirds line. We're going to talk about a personal Warbird and uh, and some other aircraft that we saw out there today too. Some modern aircraft too. Awesome. Yeah, we're going to go to those interviews. But uh, speaking of those forums, uh, Russ, do you know where they're where they're having those forums and how you can sign up or find out more information about them? Well, sure. So uh, all the forums, well, maybe not all. Most of the forums are down in the Central Florida Aerospace Academy building. Indoor classrooms, unlike at the uh, other event to the north <laughs> in July. But uh, they're all indoors with indoor plumbing and such. But, uh, yeah, there's a whole schedule of, of these forums. And, in fact, if you want to present something, they have a way to do it. Obviously, it's too late for this year. But for next year, if you're thinking ahead, uh, there's a website you can go to to sign up to present forums. You, know, you mentioned it's too late for this year, but I've heard that if you're here on campus, uh, you could just walk over there. And that's basically every year and ask them, hey, you got any openings? Well, that's probably true. I know they have a lot of openings this year because of the whole coronavirus and everything else. But So, yeah, if you're hearing this and you have time and you want to do something, maybe you could get in. Awesome. So, Bill, uh, we're going to run some of your interviews here. There's some really nice folks that you talk to, uh, and you're going to go out and get some more, and so is, is Russ. I'm going to actually get some more interviews, but uh, real quickly, what? Uh, just to go over again real quickly what those interviews are. Yeah, a couple of educational ones. One, uh, some, some hands-on, especially for some folks working on uh, composite aircraft. Um, we also talked to a composite aircraft manufacturer. You'll hear that one. Um, over in the forums, a uh, great presentation uh, that's over there. Uh, by uh, uh, talking about single pilot IFR, GPS, autopilots. So for your IFR pilots, listen up to that. And uh, we went uh, down the Warbird row and uh, looked at a small personal Warbird, Vietnam Vintage. Great story there. Great way to honor the, uh, 
the Vietnam uh, folks in service. Well, awesome. Hey, guys, let's go listen to some of those interviews. Let's go. Uh, also, I know I'm going to go check out some more airplanes. Maybe this year I'll wind up buying another airplane. It happened again. Happened twice already by coming to Summon and Fun. My wife's not going to let me come here anymore. <laughs> I guess I have to because I have to help out with the radio. Hey, guys, don't forget to liveatc.net slash SNF. If you want to hear one of the folks from the Stuck Mike Avcast, you probably hear them because we're on the deck almost all day long doing interviews. We also appreciate all the other podcasts out there. So let's go to the interview. Now entering cruise flight. This is Russ Rosleski reporting for Son of Fun Radio and here with Stuck Mike Avcast at Son of Fun 2021 standing in front of the Zebra airplane you might see down in Paradise City. It is a bush cat and I'm standing here with Brian Carlo and... Juana Nunez. Hello, Brian and Juana. Hey, how, how's it going? <laughs> oh, we're doing great. Uh, it's a beautiful weather we're having, uh, fantastic air show so far. Tell us a little bit about this Bush Cat. It is very much a uh, light sport aircraft. Absolutely. So the Bush Cat is manufactured in South Africa. Uh, Aerosport, we are the U.S. distributor for this airplane, uh, meaning that we represent the factory here. So uh, we have two locations, one up in uh, northern Illinois and one here in uh, Deland, Florida. So um, we actually brought this airplane here from our DeLand location. Uh, the Bushcat is a backcountry stole uh, aircraft that's just a, t- a ton of fun to fly. I bet it is. It's got two seats. I mean, right now you got the doors open. Those doors come off? They do, yes. Oh, that's got to be so much fun. Yeah, it's awesome. I actually just took them off for the first time a couple of days ago and was flying with them. It was, it was, it was just incredible. It looks like a ton of fun. I mean, you're right out there. You've got the doors open. You get great visibility. Uh, tell me about a little bit of performance takeoff and such. Yeah, so you're getting takeoff performances in as little as of about 115 feet, landing about 100 feet. Um, it really is. It, it, you're getting sustained climbs of about anywhere between 700 to about 1,000 feet minute held, no problem. Uh, we, we have a Rotax 912 ULS up front with a uh, three-bladed uh, ground adjustable pitch prop. Uh, so it, it really is, I mean, it, it can do it all for you. So not only are you getting pretty incredible takeoff and landing performance, but fuel economy is way up there too. The fuel economy in this aircraft is great. Uh, we, we have about uh, 24 gallons of usable fuel, and we're burning about 5.5 gallons an hour. That's so low. It's almost like flying for free. Absolutely. <laughs> so, so this is available as a kit. I see on your sign here. Is it available uh, pre-assembled? Correct. So you can purchase them as a kit, or we can have, uh, or you can get them built by us uh, at our factory back in Illinois. Um, out the door, ready to go to fly. Uh, is they start at eighty six five. That's pre-assembled. Yep. That's that's fully built, ready to fly. What about if I decide to build it myself? What are we talking about as far as build time and cost? Sure. So, so the build time you're looking right around three hundred ish hours, uh, and cost of the kit starts at uh, thirty four thousand. Is that including engine, or is that just airframe only? I imagine I know the answer to this one. <laughs> airframe only. Sure. Right. Only. Yeah. So, what are we looking at for approximately for a normally equipped, uh, you know, kit plane with you know the normal instruments and engine someone might put in it as far as uh, completed cost? Uh, is that if they build it yourself? Yeah. Yeah, so you're probably right, looking right around the $70,000 mark, somewhere in there. Okay, all right. But definitely with, I mean, 300 and something hour build time, I mean, you talk about other airplanes, there's thousands of hours. Correct, yeah. This is super easy. The nice thing with, with the Bushcat is there's no uh, welding, there's no riveting, nothing like that. Everything goes on hand tight, um, and it's it really is uh, a really user-friendly aircraft to build. So if you have some basic mechanical skills using wrenches and, and you know, pliers and that kind of stuff, you can probably put it together. Absolutely. 
All right. Well, this is great. It's, I mean, I know they have lots of specialized training courses here on how to weld and do all that kind of stuff, but you don't need that. Nope, not at all. <laughs> well, so I also have Juana Nunez here, and Juana is a brand new flight instructor in this airplane, and I'm actually kind of excited to talk to her because she is a flight instructor. She's flown the normal range of you know Cessna 172s and that kind of thing. But Juana, can you tell us what is it like to learn in this airplane? How does it fly? To be honest, it flies very similar to the Cessna 172. The only difference is it's a lot lighter, um, and you don't have as much. It doesn't sound as much as the Cessna 172 in, in um, terms of like the engine, and you don't hear it rattling all the time. Well, yes. Yeah, so it's a, a Rotax. So you know anybody who's heard Rotax run it, it does have that different sound, right? And but you said it's very similar to learn to fly to 172. That means easy transition. It is. Um, let's say, for instance, if you're coming into land, it's very similar. Obviously, you have only two flap settings compared to the Cessna 172 where you have three. Um, but the airspeeds are the same. You take off at 55 knots, you come into land at 65 knots. So it, like, it helps if you come from the Cessna 172 and you move into here. Yeah, I think most of us in aviation have flown 172 at one time or another. So, I mean, that, that's, that's great. It's not going to take you to... Know, a hundred hours to figure out how to fly this airplane and I, I think one one thing might be it probably the touch has down so short it must actually shut down pretty slow too oh it does um brian was actually telling us that he came in yesterday at about 55 knots coming into uh, coming into land just here um at the at the airstrip yeah and, and 100 feet or something whatever he told me to land that's just incredible yeah. uh, so uh what about what about cruise performance so we didn't actually talk about that at all did we yeah, so the cruise performance, you're looking right around 95 to about 100 um, miles an hour cruise performance. Uh, of course, that kind of depends on how you have the aircraft set up, whether if you've got the tricycle gear or if you have the floats on there or the skis or whatever. So, uh, But you're looking right around about 95 to about 100. Okay, that's not bad, especially when talking on you know four or five gallons an hour. Exactly. I mean, the Bush Cat's not really designed to be a very fast airplane. It's very much a doors-off, low-and-slow, fun kind of air, uh, aircraft for sure. You fly it around a lot at you know, just a few hundred feet or kind of minimum altitudes there? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that is great for that. Well, so, uh, so Juana, where, where are you going in your training for this? Are you going to become one of the demo pilots or flight instructors in this? Hopefully, yes. Um, definitely a flight instructor. Not too much of a demo, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll get, we're getting there. <laughs> and uh, you said you just have a couple hours in it so far? I do. I have about less than about 10 hours in this airplane. Well, but that's great. Said it's an easy, easy airplane to fly. I love to hear that. It's fantastic. Uh, anything else you, you two wanted to say about this airplane? Uh, certainly give us a website. We can go to find out some more information. Yeah, so you can see us at uh, www.fly-aerosport.com. Uh, on there, you'll find information about uh, Aerosport, uh, about our avionics that we're, the, that we're the dealer for, about the Bushcat, the Sling, and uh, both of our training locations in Illinois and Florida. And tell us where you are here at the show. Here at the show, we're at booth LP22 in Paradise City. All right. Well, Brian and Juana, thank you very much. Uh, this is Russ Rosleski at the Aerosport booth reporting for Sun and Fun Radio. This is Bill English of the Stuck Mike Avcast with Sun and Fun Radio, and we're off in the, the back area of the air show today. We're back in the workshops area where you can come, and you know, Sun and Fun is as much about uh, education as it is about the air show. You can come back here and learn a whole lot of things. We're in one of the hangars where uh, there is a composites workshop. We're talking with uh, Deborah Van Troren. Uh, she's one of the, uh, the volunteers here. She's a co-chair in the composites workshop. Come on back and check that out, and you can get a little bit of hands-on experience with uh, what's behind all that shiny stuff on your airplane. Okay. Deborah, can you fill us in on what, what somebody would do if they come back in here in, uh, in one of these workshops? All right. What we do is we start with a blank piece of foam, and we put a template on there, 
and our, our uh, workshop guests cut the template and uh, come up with a blank like this, which is in the shape of an airfoil, which you will cover so that um, you have a pretty good idea of the amount of work it takes to build a composite airplane, the basics. So after we've cut our template, um, we're going to start uh, working with the composite materials, and we use a variety of things that um, will allow us to put that nice shiny finish on your aircraft or build your aircraft. And right today we're using the West system as a, um, a medium. Uh, it's an epoxy that has a very uh, low odor, so it's, it's not uncomfortable to work with. And there's a temperature range that we like to work with um, the epoxy so it doesn't uh, harden up too fast or not harden up at all. So it's a specific mixture, usually by weight or by volume, that you use to mix your epoxy. And then you mix it with other things like microballoon, which are glass spheres, which gives you a, um, a nice slurry. Uh, where you can seal the holes of the, of the uh, foam. As you can see, there's a lot of um, holes on the foam. You just put a thin layer of that on the foam, and it seals it uh, so that it goes to the next layer, which would be um, this, which is a, a bid or bidirectional uh, fabric, and uh, it has a bit of a stretch, so it'll go around the curves really nicely. This is uh, what we call 7725 fabric, uh, the Dick uh, Burt Rutan fabric that he used to make his composites in out there in the desert, California. <laughs> and, it, and it's amazing some of this. I'm where where you can't see this, but the f the foam is very light. This is it's pretty much the feels like the foam that you can't make coffee cups out of anymore. Well, um, yeah, that's right. It, that's exactly what it is. So anyway, so we we laminate the styrofoam with the fabric to make it extremely strong and and versatile. And you can even cut a, a notch in here to make a spar. So when you're building something like a Cozy or a Long Easy from scratch, then you'll be cutting that notch in there to make the spar with uh, three or four layers of unidirectional fabric rather than the bidirectional fabric, and then you're going to glass it in. So there's lots of techniques. On this one, we have put peel ply on, so it gives you a, a finish underneath that um, you just have to lightly sand before you go to your next layer and then on the other side we've used a technique of finishing off with a mark balloon so that um, you don't have to sand as much and it's going to be ready for your next layer um, sooner so anyway and then all this stuff ha because of the nature of the chemical reaction it takes a little bit of time to cure usually overnight or a couple of hours depending on what the temperature is outside because we're using an air cure instead of using a um, autoclave cure if you're buying a kit from somebody, a composite kit, uh, the, the airplane is already mostly done. You just have to put it together. They're going to autoclave it in their big ovens and make sure it's really nice and hard uh, before you go to work on it, finishing off the seams and putting in your instruments, your pitot tube, all of those kinds of things. And uh, uh, it's, it's a good process. Yeah, and it, and it makes the airplane stronger and less likely to melt when it gets really hot outside. <laughs> so anyway, what other questions can you... Yeah, well, we just if you'll describe what a, you know, a student or a person would come in here to, uh, to come through. Of course, you can't see this here, but uh, we've got some tools laid out, um, the, the different fabrics. What, you mentioned the bidirectional fabric and a unidirectional mm -hmm. fabric. What's, uh, why are they used differently? What, what do they They're do for you? They're used differently because they have different strengths. The unidirectional uh, fabric has strength in, in, the long, in the long run, and you would use that for a spar or an area where you didn't have 
uh, curves. So the bi-directional uh, fabric is used for areas where you have a lot more curves so that you know you can uh, the fabric will just flow around those curves rather than becoming brittle on the edge like the unidirectional foam the unidirectional fabric would do. So what a student can expect to do when they come into our workshop is the first thing they're going to have is they're going to have to uh, use this uh, foam block with the template and learn how to hot wire the um, shape of the foil and you can see the shape of the foil here and they'll call out the numbers and they'll work together to two people will work together to cut this and then we'll cut it into blocks about this size and you see there's holes here on the sides and that's where the template was and uh, we put these in here to make it a lot easier to work with these are uh, you know like little stabilizers or whatever and that way they don't have to put their hands on the work as it's being worked because uh, oils in the gloves or oils in their hands can uh, retard adhesion of the foam to the uh, the fabric to the foam. So, so any special skills people should have before they take this work, workshop or could a no. rank beginner like me do this? You can do this and, and the workshop is about an hour and a half. They're at 10 o'clock and 1 o'clock every day and Aircraft Spruce has been generous enough to help us out with materials um, and uh, we're very grateful for that because the composite materials are expensive and with as many people as come through our workshops it's helped it, it's nice to have a corporate sponsor <laughs> so anyway there's a lot of techniques you can use to spread the um, spread the micro balloon and the slurry and the other things uh, just plain old uh, squeegees from Harbor Freight are good um, and then we use the chip brushes to stipple in the fabrics um, so it's stipple in the, the resins into the fabrics so, so it comes out like this when we're finished. So it's uh, ready for the next layer. So this is what they'll build when they're in here, a nice little uh, air, uh, section of an airfoil to just give them a taste of um, what they can expect. So anyway. And, very, and you, you can't see that, but you can see that. Come on down to the workshops, composite workshop uh, area. There's workshops on all kinds of subjects as well. You'll make a little, little section. Uh, looks like about a six to eight inch chunk of what could be an aileron or something like that. No special skills required. Thanks to uh, Deborah Van Troyren um, for the co-chair of the composite workshop. Um, check them out 10 and 1 each day. That's correct. 10 and 1 every day. Come on down and try your hand to nothing special required. Right. Yeah, exactly. uh, it's Bill English for uh, Stuck Mike Avcast and Sun and Fun Radio. This is Russ Rosleski reporting for Sun and Fun Radio and from the Stuck Mike Avcast here at Sun and Fun 2021. And I was walking through Paradise City and came across what has to be the most colorful airplane out here. And it's an Aerolite 103. So I'm here with Dennis Carley. Dennis, I said it right? You did. Great. So tell me a little bit about this. It's, it's obviously a, a very small aircraft. Yep. <laughs> it is... It is um, it is uh, an ultralight, I assume? Yeah, that's correct. It's a Part 103 ultralight. Uh, the design itself has been around for uh, a little over 20 years, um, about a 1,000 of them out there uh, flying at this point. This, uh, the one here in front of us today is actually the first uh, electric-powered version of the aircraft we've brought out to the public. The um, <clears throat> project we've been working on for a little over a year uh, we've made some refinements to the motor and some changes to the controllers and whatever, but got it to the point where now it's, uh, with four batteries in the system, it's given us about an hour's worth of uh, flight time, uh, good climb performance, good cruise performance. has been very well received out here. We've flown it the last couple mornings so people can uh, see it and kind of hear it uh, go by. And uh, the, uh, the response has been really good. We've taken a, a few orders for the propulsion system, so we're, we're quite happy with it, and it's, uh, it, it's a 
very nice flying uh, version of our Aerolite. Well, you know, I'm glad you pointed out because I hadn't even noticed that at first, that it is an electric aircraft. Uh, I mean, the, you look back at the you know, battery pack and you see the you know, complete lack of an engine. Obviously, it has the motor there, but uh, is flying it any different uh, you know, as far as responsiveness or performance? Um, it flies, it handles the same as any of our other uh, power plants on the airframe. So the flying characteristics in the air are the same. The, the sound is completely different because there's virtually no motor noise. You still have prop noise, but it's quiet enough. It's the only ultralight I've ever been able to fly with no earplugs or no headphones on. And I'm, you know, still able to communicate when I'm done, uh, done flying. So it's really quiet. Well, that's amazing because especially when you consider, you know, it is a, if you can go online and look at this, uh, the Aerolite 103, it's a fairly typical ultralight type configuration with the engine or the motor in this case, right behind your head. That's right. It's, uh, you know, if you're sitting in the seat and your head's about a foot or so away from the, uh, from the motor, um, we do have a lower prop RPM on this than we do a, most of the, um, the gasoline-powered engines. So this is a 2,000 max RPM motor. The prop is direct drive. There's no reduction drive, no gearbox. Our climb RPMs are in the the 16 to 1700 range and our cruise rpms are 1300 to 1400 rpms so the prop noise from this is considerably lower than the gasoline powered engines that seems like a really low rpm i mean now i i don't have really much experience in ultras at all but you know most uh you know certified piston aircraft you're talking about 2500 rpm so dramatically more so i imagine that helps a lot with the noise too absolutely yeah it sure does so this is a ultralight you can you Buy it as a kit, I assume. Kit at or least ready to fly. Kit or ready to fly, either one. Yep. Okay. Uh, and I saw some specifications on on here on the the sign you have that really it looks uh, fairly reasonable as far as uh, you know time to assemble and such. Can you talk to us about how long it would take to build this? Yeah, the average builder from uh, our quick build kit is somewhere in the forty to fifty hours range from start to finish. The manual we've written for this it took us about eight months to write it. It's full of color photographs and detailed uh, instructions on how to do it. About half of the guys that build a plane never even call us with a question on the uh, assembly. And if they follow the directions, it'll look good and it'll fly good when they're done. And that's uh, that's what we were after with the kit uh, market. I do see that you have a show special here. Uh, pretty substantial looking discount. Uh, talk to us about the show special. Uh, our normal the kit price for the complete airframe kit is 13700 for those orders that we take here at the show, we give a discount down to 11999 Now, you said airframe kit. So what about the engine and other stuff? We have, let's see, five gasoline-powered uh, engines and the electric propulsion system. Those start at $4,100 and go up from there. Where is the electric version in that? The electric version uh, with a two-battery system is roughly equivalent to the high-end gasoline-powered uh, propulsion, and the the gasoline. Or I'm sorry, the electric propulsion system requires a minimum of two batteries. It can be flown with two, three, or four, and that's modular in the sense that you can start with a two-battery system. You can add number three or number four at any time, and it's already wired for for those additions if you want to add them after the fact. So we're looking for a total uh, ready-to-go cost of somewhere under twenty. If you build it yourself from a kit, you can definitely build it for under 20000 Yeah. 
that seems pretty reasonable for a brand new aircraft. A lot of fun. Electric, too. I mean, it's kind of the latest in electric propulsion technology. Give us a website where we can find out some more information. It's www.fly103.com. All right. Anything else you want to tell us about this very interesting and colorful airplane? We're down here in the light plane area. Come on down and take a look. All right. Thank you very much, Dennis. I appreciate it. Again, this is Russ Rosleski for Sun of Fun Radio. This is Bill English at Stuck Mike Avcast and Sun and Fun Radio, and we are over at the Central Florida Aviation Academy, the home of the forums, the educational forums. You know, Sun and Fun is about more than just an air show. Um, there's also an educational component. In fact, that's one of the most important parts of Sun and Fun. And there's a ton of forums over here where you can learn on all kinds of different subjects. And we're talking with uh, Mr. Gary Reeves. A lot of you know of Gary, the guy in the pink shirt. But uh, for those of you that have not heard of the guy in the pink shirt, Gary, tell us, uh, what is it that you specialize in? What do you do? So, hey, on paper, I look really, really smart. Don't ask my wife her opinion, but on paper, I do look really smart. I'm the 2019 FA National Instructor of the Year. Out of the 114,000 flight instructors in the world or in the U.S., less than 800 have ever been given a master award. I've been given a master award by two different groups. All that being said, Bill, I bet you're good at your full-time job too. The only thing I teach and do is I travel all over the U.S. and internationally as I'm an expert in single pilot IFR using GPS, Avidyne and Garmin, autopilots and ForeFlight. So I'm great at those three things because it's all I do full time and I have 8,000 hours of experience doing it. Well, that sounds like a pretty valuable thing uh, for anybody. You know, we know from, uh, from the safety data that single pilot IFR is one of the hardest things uh, that we can do out there. What, what type of uh, things do you offer to the folks who do that? Well, you know, the biggest thing I teach is that most really good pilots don't know 80% of the functions of foreflight or their GPS or their autopilot because they were never formally trained. Learning by trial and error, watching a couple YouTube videos and playing with your new avionics in flight is a recipe for disaster. It really is. So I sell some really high quality video training. But what's funny on my video training is G1000 is a five-hour course. ForeFlight is over 14. ForeFlight is the most complex glass panel system ever invented, and most people have never even looked at how to use it quickly in an emergency. So that's what my video and my in-person training is for. But what I'd really like to tell people about is my brand new book. My first book ever just printed. Uh, it was a limited edition run of 1,000 books. They're already sold out. I'm printing them as fast as I can get them. And the book is entirely different than anything ever taught by any other instructor. It has nothing to do with passing a check ride. And some of the things I teach in the book directly contradict things that everybody's been taught before and good instructors still teach. It's an entirely new way of making IFR safer, and you nailed it on the head. My techniques reduce workload and make IFR easier, that makes it safer. So I have this brand new 186-page uh, book all about how to make IFR easier and safer. It's called Single Pilot IFR Pro Tips, Mastery Not Minimums. That, that sounds like uh, you've definitely hit it on the head there. Single Pilot IFR, one of the most difficult things to do. Um, tips from a pro, somebody that's been there, done that um, thousands of times. You also talked about uh, in-person training as well. Do you have a school? Do you come to the, the students? How does that work? 
Yeah, so the, the beauty thing about my book and my programs, especially my three-day, is I have 8,000 hours of experience teaching all over the world. I can come to them anywhere in the world and do three days of training in their airplane, or they can bring their airplane to me in uh, just northwest of Dallas-Fort Worth, Texas, but you'll get 20 hours of training in three days, and you will know everything about your avionics, your autopilot, and foreflight, and how to use them quickly in an emergency. Or, as we all know, when ATC starts changing your clearance for the fourth time in 20 minutes, it will be no big deal for you. Uh, and, of course, that never happens. Uh, 8,000 hours of experience. He's got uh, 20 hours worth of training and uh, boiled down into this book. Uh, say the name of the book again is? The book is Single Pilot IFR Pro Tips, Mastery, Not Minimums. And it is the exact same training that I charge $300 an hour for to my private clients. And you can get one for $29, bucks, uh, 20 bucks if you're here at Sun and Fun. A couple special events. Friday night from 5 to 7 in the Bueller Aerospace Skills Center. I have rented out the entire building for a special two-hour IFR class that anyone is welcome to join for free. And if you come by our booth in CFAA and we're out of books, Avidine has bought 200 copies and are giving them out for free at a special uh, signing. I'll be there Saturday from 3 to 5 in the Avidine booth. Uh, I think it's Charlie 71 signing and giving out uh, copies of my first edition for free. Uh, a lot of ways to get this information. Give us one, one takeaway tip from the book, Gary. What, what would you uh, say to our listeners? Slow down. Everything you do IFR, even talking on the radio, talk slower. The slower you talk, the slower ATC will talk back. Drop your gear before you start the approach. Start the approach slow. There has never been anybody that's been able to prove to me that flying IFR faster makes it safer. Tips from a pro, the guy that knows. Gary Reeves, the guy in the pink shirt. Where do we find you online and socials? Pilotsafety.org is the easiest way to get to everything. Thanks a lot to Gary Reeves. This is Bill English from the Stuck Mike Avcast and Sun and Fun Radio. This is Russ Rosleski from the Stuck Mike Avcast reporting for Sun and Fun Radio, Sun and Fun 2021. Standing here now with Rand Volmer from Pipistro. Rand, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thanks, Russ. Well, we have a few interesting airplanes, or maybe they're not quite airplanes, but glider category aircraft uh, to talk about today. The first one we're standing right next to, uh, I believe it's pronounced Cenus. That's correct. Uh, S-I-N-U-S. It sounds or it looks like sinus, but it's really a sinus. And it, but it's a really interesting looking airplane. Two seats side by side, long wing. This is not an airplane, though, is it? This and most of these that are sold in the U.S. are sold as gliders. So they're a self-launch glider. And uh, the nice thing about a glider, a rating can be had in as little as 10 hours of training. A 14-year-old can solo in these. And a 90-year-old fella who's lost his medical, as long as he feels good, can look in the mirror and say, I'm fine, I'm safe to fly, and go out and fly this aircraft. Well, that's an amazing thing because, I mean, as a, it's categorized as a motor glider, but looks pretty much like an airplane to me. Uh, the wing is a glider wing. If you look closely at the wing, the finish, the length, the uh, aspect ratio, is, is it's all glider in the wing. And uh, the fuselage does look a little more like an airplane fuselage but you notice we don't have any of those uh, heavy drag things those struts uh, these are very clean aircraft it is very clean and so tell me about a little bit about uh, glide ratio and such as how well does it perform as a glider okay the Cenus behind me performs really well uh, it's got a 28 to 1 glide ratio 
it will uh, climb at over a thousand feet a minute and we're talking about an 80 horsepower motor and the cruise speed depending on what ling- wing length you get will run anywhere from 108 to 120 knots now you said what wing length you get that's interesting because you get to pick we, we do we have uh, removable wing tips on this particular model, the scene is behind me, we can put short tips on it and have a 40-foot wingspan. With the long tips, it's a full 50-foot wingspan. And uh, with a 40-foot wingspan, the glide ratio is not quite as good, but it's still a glider all the way. So with a 50-foot wingspan, though, it's dramatically in- increased uh, glide performance. Absolutely much better. And what you find is people will buy this. And since they started offering the removable wingtips, every single Cenus we've sold in the U.S. has had removable wingtips as an option. And it means you can fit it in any standard T-hanger. That is, that is definitely a big plus, especially the cost of lots of hangers around. Now, as a, a powered aircraft pilot, as I am, and many of us are, uh, what, what's the training involved to go to transition into something like this, to get your glider rating in something like this? What's that like? Okay, transition training uh, from airplane to glider. You're looking at anywhere from 2 to 10 hours. A lot of good current pilots can be ready for their check ride in two hours they got to do 10 solo landings and they're ready for a check ride for the private pilot there is from an airplane if they're already a private pilot airplane there is no written test to take and uh, it's just a fun rating to have you get a private pilot glider rating with a self-launch endorsement and the total cost for that is typically around 1200 to 1500 including your check ride well, that's certainly not bad at all. I mean, you, and it sounds like pretty pretty quick and easy and fun, most importantly. Uh, what uh, the other aircraft we see here, I don't think I've seen anything quite like it. It's a uh, two-seat, side-by-side, electric-powered self-launch glider? Uh, that's exactly what it is, <laughs> but we call it, we'd call this more of a high-performance sailplane. Uh, you'll notice that it's got electric motor, but that's on a stanchion that folds down into the fuselage. So uh, that is electric, so it's got batteries. And the purpose of that prop is to get it to altitude where it can catch thermals, mountain wave, or mountain ridge soaring. What, what is the model name of this okay. we're looking at? Okay, I'm sorry. This is a the Taurus Electro. So we have a Taurus M, which is our gasoline-powered Taurus, and we have the Taurus Electro. Now, it's a side-by-side seating, which is pretty rare in the glider world, uh, but certainly seems like it would be nice for lots of purposes. Well, for training, it's nice for just traveling with friends because when you get into this, on a good day, you can stay up for hours. Uh, you can climb up to 1,500 feet, and you might be able to soar for seven or eight hours nonstop uh, without ever going back to your motor. You just fold it away and catch the thermals. Yeah, and with, the, with side-by-side seating, certainly much easier to, to talk and chat and a little more roomy, too. Yeah, uh, you would think it would create a lot more drag, but we with a 41-to-1 glide ratio that we get. Okay. Uh, with a 41-to-1 glide ratio, uh, people find it hard to believe, but the fuselage is actually a lifting body. So the way the fuselage is shaped, you actually get lift not only from the wings but from the fuselage. I can see that. Yeah, you're right. I was thinking this probably was going to provide a lot more drag, but but they've kind of designed it out. It's, it's such a smooth-looking airplane. I mean, just, you know, I, I assume it's all composites. It is all composite. What Pipistrel has done, I'm not sure anybody else is doing it quite the way Pipistrel is, but we have fiberglass uh, in the landing gear and in the wings, and we have carbon fiber for the fuselage, and each cockpit is uh, encompassed with Kevlar. So you've got something that essentially bulletproof 
jackets uh, around the cockpit. So everything is gray in there is Kevlar. Well, that's great. It's very strong, too. Uh, Rand, anything else you want to say about Pipistrol or their products? Uh, Pipistrol's been around for over 30 years now. Uh, they started in the fixed-wing aircraft business after they did trikes for the first 10 years. The fixed-wing, the Pipistrol name has come from the word Pipistrella, which is an Italian word for bat. And uh, because they were trikes with the fabric wings, they would look like bats in the evening. And it was illegal in Yugoslavia, that was former Yugoslavia, illegal for them to be building aircraft or airplanes. Huh. So the local, local town knew what was going on, and, and they would say the Pipistrella are out. <laughs> Very clever. <laughs> that's, that's how the, the Pipistrel name actually came. Ivo Boscarol is the president and the founder of the company. He's a very interesting guy. He's a six foot four, skinny Slovenian. And uh, if you ever get a chance to go over to Slovenia, it's a beautiful country. Uh, and you go through his factories, they look like hospitals. I mean, I've never seen a manufacturing facility that looked as clean and as neat as uh, Pipistrel's. Wow. Well, why don't you give us a website we go to for more information and tell us where you are here at Sun and Fun, please. Okay. At Sun and Fun, we are located here in the Light Plain area, and that is booth 004, LP004. We also have a new aircraft called the Panthera. You probably, if you haven't talked to them, you need to go see the Panthera, folks. That's a four-place, retractable, 200-knot, uh, 1,000-mile cross-country, legitimate airplane and it's, it's beautiful it looks fast just sitting on the ground and uh, it's due to the really unique pipistrel design everything that they built if you look at the underside of one of our wings it looks like a mirror you can read the numbers like it were a mirror and uh, kind of a kind of a special company uh takes about six months to get an aircraft when you order it but you can get exactly what you want why don't you give us the website please and the website is uh, www dot pipistrel-usa.com and pipistrel is spelled p-i-p-i-s-t-r-e-l okay yeah that's important good (laughs) yes very good all right well thank you very much Randy. i appreciate it okay russ thank you appreciate it this is russ roslesky for sun and fun radio this is bill english of the stuck mike avcast for sun and fun radio and we're out midfield at uh thursday of Sun and Fun, another beautiful day. We are at the Diamond Aircraft Pavilion. A couple of beautiful aircraft out here today, DA40NG Next Generation and a twin-engine DA62. We're talking with Anne-Marie Heikenwalder. She is the uh, aircraft sales manager for Diamond Aircraft here. Uh, Anne-Marie, tell us a little bit about these aircraft for people who are not familiar with Diamond. What have we got out here? Well, you've got uh, the safest aircraft in the general aviation market uh, that are displayed here today. So we've got our single engine DA40NG, which is equipped with the Austro engine uh, and runs on jet fuel. It's a piston engine that is jet fuel powered, a very efficient uh, engine out there. And then we have our DA62, which is our flagship sort of SUV of the skies, seven seat aircraft equipped also with two um, Austro engines, uh, super efficient uh, piston engines with uh, jet fuel power as well. So piston engines with jet fuel power, is that difficult to operate for uh, for the average pilot? We're looking at a four-seat single, a seven-seat twin, you know, light aircraft, um, but uh, is this more difficult than our typical pistons? Absolutely not, actually. They're the they're quite easy to fly the uh, diamonds out there, um, as well as all throughout our product line, you will see this. Um, all our aircraft are FETA controlled, so it's a single lever operation, the ones that are Austro-powered. 
Uh, so essentially, you know, it's it's you pull the lever forward, you go faster, you pull it back, you go slower. Everything else is adjusted automatically, and it's a, it's a no frills, no headache flying. And FADEC, that's a full authority digital elect engine control. Is that what that stands for? For our for those not not familiar with it. Now we're looking out here at the DA62. You said SUV of the skies. This does not look like an SUV. Let, let's talk about the 62. What uh, what kind of uh, things can you carry in that and what kind of speed and efficiency have we got? Yeah, so um, depending on what your power setting is, you've got uh, typical cruise speed would be around 180, 185 knots and at that, that speed you'll be burning 18 gallons an hour. Um, in terms of uh, load, you'll have about, with a fully equipped aircraft and a well-equipped aircraft, you'll have about 800 pounds useful load remaining. And then you have seven seats in the aircraft that you can fill up. Um, the seven seats being an option, a standard configuration is five seats, um, but it really does have that SUV feel to it with all that space and, um, and room you got. A lot of room, but it, I mean, it looks fast just sitting still on the ground. And uh, we talked about the technological advancements with the, the FADEC. Uh, what about the avionics packages in here? What, uh, what do they got on the panel? Yeah, so uh, Diamond was actually first to market with the G1000S standard on our DA42 uh, many years ago. And uh, we have kept with that philosophy. So we still have the G1000 latest NXI certified on all our products. Uh, so you'll see that on the DA62 as well as on the DA40. And something else that you'll notice is the instrument panels between those two aircraft are very similar and that is on purpose. It is so that the transition from single engine to twin engine aircraft is as easy as it can be uh, and it'll minimize the, the, the learning curve when you're switching between types. Yep, easy, easy curve, panels very similar. And uh, if you haven't seen the Diamonds, I've, they've been around. How long has Diamond now actually been here in uh, the US? It's, uh, we didn't say this before, but it's an Austrian company. Tell us a little bit about the, the history of the, the company and, and when you first came over to the U.S. Yeah, so uh, Diamond has been in the U.S. since about the 90s um, and was founded in the early 90s in, uh, in Austria. It's originally uh, a company that built uh, glider aircraft and they were non-motorized. The first uh, aircraft from Diamond was a uh, motorized glider and you can still see that DNA uh, on all our aircraft. They're, they've got quite the wingspan on them. Um, and uh, yeah, so then we, we came to London, Ontario actually, so we're based uh, in Canada with our factory up there. Um, and we've been building DA20s, 40s. Uh, we have built 42s there and are currently building 62s there as well. Great, uh, quite a lineup. DA40, um, that distinctive bubble canopy you can see forever. Um, it pretty much carries into the 62 here. Uh, anything else you'd like to uh, tell the folks about the uh, the aircraft? Any other um, any other products you've got? Uh, yeah, we just brought back the uh, DA20 uh, into production, so that was last year. Uh, sales are going really well with it, and the market seems to be happy that that aircraft is back. It's it's really that. Uh, quintessential reliable training aircraft uh, in the utility category so it's spinnable um, and we don't have on display today uh, some of our newer products but uh, keep an eye out on the next show uh, on the large uh, Oshkosh show and you might see it there. All right. Very good we're talking with Anne-Marie Heikenwalder of Diamond Aircraft. Where do people find uh, Diamond online or on social media? So you can find us on uh, online on our website, www.diamondaircraft.com, or you can find us with our Instagram handle, diamondaircraftend, at, uh, on there. Um, or you can find us on Facebook under just Diamond Aircraft Industries. All right.
And you can find the midfield at Sun and Fun. Uh, take a look at the DA40NG and the DA62. This is Bill English for Sun, uh, Stuck Mike Avcast and Sun and Fun Radio. This is Bill English of the Stuck Mike Avcast with Sun and Fun Radio. And it's a beautiful Thursday, and we are out on uh, the Warbirds area, actually runway 523, uh, standing next to a really nice-looking uh, Cessna O2B, Oscar II Bravo, the Cessna 337 in, uh, in Warbird uh, scheme and Warbird configuration here. We're talking with uh, Captain Dennis Coach Warren, the owner and uh, pilot of this airplane. Coach, tell us something about this airplane. Uh, people look at this kind of a personal Warbird. What's, uh, what's the history behind the O2B? Well, number one, that's pretty cool, owning a personal warbird. This particular O2B I found in Florida, just a little south of here, and just south of Punta Gorda. And uh, this airplane actually uh, flew in Vietnam between 67 and 72. I got a uh, board here that uh, basically in 67, it was under the 14th Special Operations Wing, 9th Special Operations Squadron. Pacific Air Forces flew in a train and Da Nang air bases in Vietnam and for about four years as a special ops bird. Now the mission of the special ops bird was a leaflet dispensary and which had two or three different types of leaflets. Some of the leaflets um, it were, you know, when people gave up, we will we'll give you safe harbor when the hearts and minds Choi Hoi is that uh, mission with open arms. Uh, so when people give up, at times in Vietnam, those, uh, those people that gave up would be on our side and be our trackers in Vietnam. And some of them, from some of the stories I've heard from guys I've talked to. The uh, other mission was a speaker. Now they would uh, play this, yeah, not the music you want to play when you're camping out night in that, uh, in that woods because it's uh, branches breaking and people moaning like they've been shot. The Vietnamese people were very superstitious, so when they heard that music, they kind of turned the other way and, and walked away. So this, this mission operated just over the treetops with uh, the speaker and dropping leaflets. So some pretty interesting stuff that they were doing with this airplane. I mean, basically a civil aircraft, you know, converted to military use. Did you have to do any, uh, any conversions or updates on this aircraft when, uh, when you purchased it? Well, in, uh, in 1973... All right, this airplane served for four years in the Special Ops Squadron, and then it, for the last year, the reason why the two stars are over the door is because it was a tactical air support, basically uh, taking VIPs, uh, transport, that is, not uh, tactical transport. So taking VIPs in throughout uh, Vietnam. And then it went to Davis-Mothen for about 30-plus years. In, in 2003, Trudeau Warbirds of Punta Gorda and with the owners of uh, Tom and Cheryl Fossil, took this out of Davis-Mothen and restored it. So it's been flying since about 2008. I purchased it last fall and, and put it back in its uh, original configuration of the Vietnam colors when it served in, in the early 67 to 72 time frame. The... Um, the only other things I've done with it is kind of clean up the avionics and and put the nose art on there. Uh, on the front uh, left side, you have Snoopy, Snoopy Special Ops. It was uh, the 9th Special Ops Squadron that flew this airplane, the only squadron that flew it. The number 7 on the doghouse is because it's a 7th of uh, 31 O2Bs that served in Vietnam. 
On the other side, you have Snoopy with um, his arms wide open and Choi Hoi uh, right above it. Choi Hoi stands for open arms, wins the hearts and minds uh, of the people from Vietnam. A very important mission this aircraft served. Um, and what's it like to fly this aircraft now? I mean, it is um, pretty much a twin Cessna that uh, people have seen, but in the military configuration. Is it any different than a uh, civil aircraft for you to fly? Absolutely not. It's uh, You've got the two motors. Each motors are uh, 210 horsepower. As she takes off in less than uh, a, a thousand feet and lands in less than a thousand feet. It's a very strong airplane and very, uh, very, very maneuverable. A great, a great personal warbird, and and I heard you explaining before. You've got some uh, some plans for this to uh, to pay tribute to our uh, our servicemen from Vietnam. Yes, and and which uh, which is great. This past Saturday, I flew Larry Watts. Now, Dave Duncan, I flew with uh, Dave Duncan in the Navy. He's a flight engineer. I've, I flew in the TACMO mission, uh, National Nuclear Command and Control, and an E6 Mercury. And his father-in-law is uh, Larry Watts. So I, I had the honor to uh, get him back in the airplane he flew in from 53 years ago. Let him fly it and he kept it within 20 feet and uh, just like it was an old hat at flynessing, he was an observer and crew chief and he got he would fly the airplane back and forth on the missions and uh, he had a smile ear to ear and his wife was in the back seat there and it was just a fantastic way to pay tribute to our Vietnam War heroes. That's just excellent. Exactly what these aircraft are for: remembering, respecting, and honoring our uh, our heroes and our uh, our servicemen from Vietnam and, and all the other conflicts. And I and I want to mention one other thing on the on over, just underneath the window on on the right on the door there, I've got uh, Captain Myron Snoopy Jansen. He flew all 31 of these airplanes, and he was an integral part in helping me get the paint scheme down, the way it was in Vietnam. Now it's a little semi-gloss for to maintain it. It's not the drab, uh, you know, the, the flat paint, but uh, he helped me with a, a lot of aspects to make sure that uh, I, I show this airplane in the true colors and uh, the way she looked back then. All right, excellent. Uh, a great piece of history. Come by and see that out on the Warbirds ramp. Talking with Dennis Coach Warren, pilot of Snoopy 7, the O2 Bravo Skymaster. Thanks a lot, Cap. Thank you very much. I appreciate you. It's Bill English with the Stuck Mike Avcast and Sun and Fun Radio. Well, th- folks, thanks for uh, listening to this episode of the Stuck Mike Avcast. as part number two of Sun and Fun 2021. And we'll be having another part come in for some other interviews. We're pulling some of these from the deck. Uh, you'll notice some of them might uh, talk about the weather on day one. And this is actually day two. But, uh, but hang in there. We're trying to get as many uh, of these podcasts out and as many interviews out as possible because you've asked us to do that for you. I know you may not be able to make it here, but hopefully we'll see you next year. But at least you can live vicariously through some of the people that are here today. Well, folks, safe flying. We'll talk to you next episode. You've been listening to the Stuck Mike Abcast. Members of the Stuck Mike Abcast may receive compensation for products or services mentioned during the podcast. Compensation may be received in the form of, but not limited to, referral commissions, free products, or service trials. Our opinions and views are never influenced by any compensation, and you should always perform your own due diligence before purchasing any products or services mentioned during the show. The Stuck Mike Avcast is an aviation podcast and a Valeri Aviation Corporation production.